Good afternoon and welcome to the Gibbons Game Day podcast of you inside Gibbons Athletics. I'm your host, Todd Schuler, Director of Athletics at Cardinal Gibbons High School in Raleigh, North Carolina. With each installment in this series, we take an up-close look inside Gibbons Athletics culture, sharing behind-the-scenes stories from our student-athletes, coaches, administrators, alumni, and leaders. We explore the idea that winning championships is about finding ways to help others win first. Welcome to a special Hall of Fame edition of the Gibbons Game Day podcast. Joining me in studio as we close Catholic Schools Week are Adam Hurley, Cardinal Gibbons Class of 99, and Assistant Principal Mike Curatolo. Hurley is one of three people to be inducted into our Hall of Fame this evening, along with former All-American soccer player Emily Turgeon Cambra and former tennis coach Daryl Von Lemden. Hurley was a four-year football and lacrosse player at Cardinal Gibbons helping pioneer the early start to our lacrosse program. He was a four-year lacrosse captain, a three-time All-State lacrosse selection, and he would go on and play four years of Division I lacrosse at Army at West Point. After graduating from West Point, Hurley went on to serve two tours of duty in Iraq as an infantry platoon leader, and he would later serve our special forces as a Green Beret, serving six tours of duty. Adam is now a vice president with Basic Energy Services. He is a proud husband and father of two girls. Curatolo, in addition to his current assistant principal's duties, was our former longtime lacrosse coach and largely responsible for growing our lacrosse program at Gibbons and lacrosse across the state of North Carolina. Welcome home, Adam. Uh, how's it feel to be back on campus? Uh, it feels good. Um, I mean, it, it's uh, it's not just being back on campus, but it's being back home in North Carolina and seeing my my parents and seeing my sisters. And, and uh, it's always great to be back. And uh, it feels like if you put a couple years between tri- trips to Gibbons, a lot, a lot changes pretty quickly. So it's, it's always cool. Yeah, the pace of this place doesn't ever really slow down, does it? Uh, so, Dean Monroe called you probably yeah. a little bit over a month ago yep. with some pretty exciting news. Yeah. I don't know if you were expecting that, but uh, you know, he called to let you know that not only would you be getting into the Hall of Fame, but yeah. you'd be our first look, uh, men's lacrosse yeah. player getting in. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Well, well first of all, it was, it was hard for Dean to get me because I still have a 919 number, and so most 919 calls are some, some version of spam. So it took, it took a while for me to get back to him, but uh, thankfully he was patient in it. And it coincided with uh, Gibbons playing in the football state championship, which I played football right. at Gibbons as well. And so hearing him talk about how cool an experience that was in Chapel Hill was awesome uh, as a as a football alumnus. Uh, but you know the 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 him telling me that, but also knowing that I was the first from the lacrosse team meant a lot to me because um, I've stayed connected with the lacrosse team. Um, I was back here uh, last season talking to them about my experiences in life and how I think there's a lot of things I learned on the playing fields and, and what they're doing today is going to impact them throughout their life in sports and other things. Um, so really cool phone call um, was going to make it back no matter what I had because um, being back here and being with some of my 1999 classmates and with coach um, it was means a lot to me and having my daughters who are now nine and five see it um, and, and being a place that's been very special to me, you know, I was very excited about. 
That's awesome. And we're so grateful that you've been able to stay connected to the program. I know that you stayed connected while you were at West Point, which yep. isn't easy to do. And to come back, uh, even with, you know, coaching change about six years ago at this point. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of coach, uh, we, we have Mike Curatolo, Coach Curatolo here as well. So, uh, Mike, what can you tell us? Uh, bring us back. T- talk to us about Adam as a player, or a student, a person. Yeah, so uh, it's it's kind of funny. I I my, the way my memory works, I have a vivid memory of meeting him at a lacrosse camp in the summer at, at High Point University back in the summer of '96, and that was my first experience meeting a bunch of the guys before I got really on campus. I had interviewed with uh, D. Monroe back then and met with Brother Gary and Brother Michelle, and you know had a few experiences. But then I met Adam at camp, and it was. I knew we were in good hands. Um, although he was young, he was going into his sophomore year. You know, the determination he had at, at at camp was unbelievable. His willingness to learn and outwork everyone there really impressed me. I thought, wow, you know, good things are on the way. I'd actually coached against him um, his you know his freshman year. You know, when I was coaching at Chapel Hill High School as a JV coach, and you know, I even remember him from that field. I'm like, wow, and. And it was it was great to come on and and then once football season was done for him, we started doing some workouts and had you know he was the guy that always showed up. He was always the guy staying late. He was always the guy throwing balls into that that yard over on the Western Boulevard campus. You know, anytime I knew the ball bag was low, I, I you know I knew Adam was out there <laughs> shooting and he'd be out there till dark. You know, every time he never missed a practice. You you couldn't ask more. You know, and and that sort of you know mindset really changed the direction that lacrosse at Cardinal Gibbons went. So tell us a little bit. I think it's fair to say that both of you were um, pioneers of a sort. Um, lacrosse yeah. was pretty new in North Carolina. It was, it was new at Cardinal Gibbons. You know, our facilities looked a lot different. Um, a lot of, you know, a lot of students here hadn't picked up a lacrosse stick before yeah. getting here. Talk to us a little bit about that. Uh, I... I want to, you know, thank Dean Monroe and Brother Gary Cregan for bringing lacrosse to the school. Um, Brother Gary saw a need, uh, and I think even Coach Monroe was a little bit worried about trying to bring it on at that time with limited facilities at the Western Boulevard campus and all sorts of stuff. And Brother Gary just made it happen, and his willingness to push it through and make it happen, and Coach Monroe's support of the program over the years really was huge. Um, without them, when we when we first started at you know varsity at Gibbons, there was only 18 other varsity teams in the state of North Carolina, and Adam and I were around for those those early years, and just to see it grow to there were virtually no camps, certainly no club teams, none of that stuff. Now we're up to you know. 150 plus teams, varsity teams in the state, uh, and it's it's been miraculous. The growth of the sport throughout the country, you know, and a lot of that goes back to a lot of people that you know Adam played for, you know, up at West Point, and a lot of these other other people that you know were entwined in this lacrosse network. Yeah, I, I look back on it, and and you know, at the time, you know, when Coach joined, I was a sophomore, and, and he was a young coach who had coached in Chapel Hill and and played college lacrosse, and you know, there was a big discrepancy. But I felt like for both of us, in retrospect, it was formative years, you know, Mm -hmm. starting a program and me learning a lot as we're doing that. But it was also formative years 
for North Carolina lacrosse. And so North Carolina lacrosse, frankly, could have gone a different direction. Um, And, you know, when I first showed up at at Army, I was the first person that had ever played in North Carolina. And there had been onesies and twosies from Virginia and and places like that. But by the time I left, there were, were, um, you know, three guys who were either at the prep school or or in the freshman class who were from North Carolina. And, And that feels really cool when you're part of that. And, you know, two of those guys, and, and I might have to be a year off on, on trip and others, but, you know, those were guys who came from Gibbons, too. And so um, that that was that was really cool to see that happen. And now when I go to Army lacrosse games, and before this started, we were just talking about the coach at Army, who we, we both know who's since retired, but that team has people from where I live now in, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and, and other places. So the game has grown incredibly, but if you ask somebody who's – you know, uh, in high school today, in, in playing in Georgia or in California, if, if North Carolina is a hotbed of lacrosse, they'd say, yeah, it is. It's a hotbed, you know, and we're and we're growing the game. And, and, and the, the fact is, just a few years ago, it was it was different, but it was very cool to be a part of not just what happened at Gibbons, but also to be a part of um, of the North Carolina growing the game. And I think it's. It's incredible to see Gibbons playing in state championships against schools that didn't exist. Right. And yeah. The schools didn't exist when I was here. And, 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 the, and the fact that if there's a new public school in North Carolina, the assumption is they do have a lacrosse team. And I think that's it's a beautiful game. It's a cool game. I think you can learn a lot playing it. It's one of the great true team sports. And the more people who play it, the better. That's fantastic. So, Adam, uh, you, you know, you talked about Army and, and you know, attending West Point in that a little bit. Uh, we've sent a number of students to yep. West Point, to Naval Academy, yep. Air Force. Um, I think we probably, I think it's fair we send a higher percentage of students on average to service academies yep. over the year. And that's probably true across Catholic education. Yep. Um, what is it about maybe Catholic education and about Gibbons that you think draws people to the service academy? And, and how did this place prepare you for that experience? Yeah, I think that, you know, the the, the officer corps, you know, without getting too big, big picture, but the, and this is stuff I didn't know when I, you know, I went and visited Army, uh, my, I, you know, other than my grandfather's having both served in World War II, I did not have a direct connection to West Point when I went there. I went there for a camp. It was really cool to me. I think some people go there for a camp and they say this is really not cool. Like right. I think you don't. There's not many people who are lukewarm on that experience. I went there. I thought it was really cool. I had this broad sense of leadership and, and doing things. It, it wasn't. It hadn't manifested itself yet that it had to be in the army. But I felt like that was a, a path that could that could make a lot of sense. Um, you know, and 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 I instantly made a connection with it. But I think if you think if you play that forward and, and learning what I did about the army and what the officer corps made up of it's it's generally a, a middle class institution that is a um, that, that, that is a great part of, of America and it's now a smaller piece than it, than it used to be historically and I think that you know the the Catholic education fits kind of perfectly in that spot and I think that also you know I I, I, I you know the, the not to make it sound like Catholic education is as is you know is very strong you know, strict in all cases, but I think that there's a, that there are people who, who are more comfortable with some structure and, and, and understanding that there is, um, that there is more expected from you and that, that ultimately that there is, you know, you're, you're mixing a lot of things in one institution like religion and, and athletics and education. And I think people are generally comfortable with that and excel in those environments. You know, they don't feel like 
going to a place like West Point would be a big would be a big stretch. And and I felt that way. In retrospect, I have no idea what gave me the confidence that I could excel in that environment. But you know, the, we were talking about this earlier in the gym. The, the straight lines, you know, that you draw in your career and you draw them back to Army experiences. They they really probably extend back to high school and they extend back probably beyond that to how I was brought up. And and you, but giving yourself an opportunity in things like team sports, it makes you a lot more confident when you do an experience like West Point. And, and I think that um, getting over that hump, feeling like I could be successful in that environment is the biggest step towards ultimately being successful in that environment. And I think that a lot about Catholic education and, and playing sports uh, at Gibbons was very helpful in that because I never second guessed it. And frankly, you know, you probably should have just to be objective, but I didn't. Um, well, I'll say I'll say this that you know I think a huge piece of that confidence was you know Brother Gary and yeah. Brother Michelle and what they brought and you know Adam was you know one of the first in a long line of not only West Point but Air Force Naval Academy kids and he he's the first one that really started coming back um, you know from that ninety nine year we actually had three kids go to three different service academies out of his class and I think a lot of that was attributable to Brother Gary and Coach yeah. Monroe and and that started this lineage and then the type of kids that they were then and the type of people they grew into be brought that back and they mm-hmm. were always willing and we've had that for my entire time at Gibbons like where you know now we have you know guys like Adam and you know girls like Trishad and all these other people that come it's back continued you had Jalen Brooks last year he's at the prep school right yeah. now and, you know and, and all these different you know yeah. and and you know, Adam has been a huge piece of that connector to all of them. You know, I, I've always tried to connect them, but we, we have guys like Connor Hogan who went to the Air Force Academy, and now he's meeting with future Air Force Academy candidates. And Adam yeah. was always incredible about coming back. And, you know, I'll never forget, he said, I'm, I'm not here to sell them on West Point. I said, that's not your goal. So he goes to, to give them a, a, a real view of what this is like and what this can mean, and that they can have confidence and be successful in that environment. And I think that's why, you know, we've had alums, I've had alums that have been in the academies reach out to Adam. He's always been receptive to, you know, not only taking phone calls or, you know, emails from military alums, but also lacrosse, you know, and, and he's been that huge connector to our school that, that really talks about that legacy piece we're really developing right. here of giving back to, to, to other people. He's done an incredible job of that, and he's inspired others that have come after him that he may have helped to do the same thing. And that's where, you know, he's been in touch with Scott Washley before when Scott was up at West Point. And, you know, it was great to see Scott getting in touch with Jalen. And, you know, Adam getting a chance to meet Jalen last year at practice and develop those things to help them through the difficulty of whether it's Colonel Gibbons, college athletics, college itself, whatever it is. He's always been there, military life. It's been incredible. No, I think it's, you know, I think Adam talked a little bit about it, maybe not these words, but that cultural alignment. I think when you hear words like duty, honor, and country, you know, from West Point, it, you know, it fits with what we talk about in living a life of faith, service, and leadership. There's a lot of parallels. And and just where you can pick up a conversation with somebody like Jalen, because I I mean, I know enough about him to to know him and, you know, and and it was great to meet him, but there's enough data points that I kind of get him, you know, I kind of get him and, um, and I, it, it shouldn't be lost. And that was a really good point about Brother Gary because 
thinking about the confidence I had, him coming from St. Anthony's and having put so many people in the service academies and looking at me and thinking that that made sense, that was helpful for me as well. And I think the inevitability that Brother Gary had about both lacrosse and just that people would go to service academies uh, was a really powerful thing. And it changed the course of lacrosse and and, and the connection between Gibbons and service academies while, while I was at Gibbons. All right. Enough of the serious questions. So you've both known yeah. each other for a long time, right? Yeah. And uh, I think you said the formative years for both, for Mike as a coach, you as a student athlete. Tell us something for either of you. Tell us something we don't know about each other. Share a story. So, Well, I'll, I'll start and say that when, when you are a uh, – a captain of a lacrosse team as a sophomore and, you know, starting a team and losing a lot of games, um, you know, people like to look back and talk about, you know, how uh, mature I was and things like that. But I did a lot of bonehead things. <laughs> as, we all did as, at that age. And, and not just when I was a sophomore and junior, but, but I think the ability to learn from those and have somebody like uh, coach who I think was very thoughtful and had even on a small lacrosse team had a very kind of eccentric collection of people and being able to you know uh, I went to Duke for grad school and Coach K is a is a West Point grad and, mm-hmm. and how he thinks about coaching a team and how every team is different and how he approaches the players um, you know I think that the way that coach allowed us to be ourselves a little bit and allowed us to, um, you know, fit into the team dynamic. But, you know, there were a lot of lessons that were learned that if I had not learned them um, at that level, you know, my time playing for Coach Emmer at Army would have been a lot more difficult. And frankly, you know, you know, playing, you know, playing on a uh, what was ultimately by wins and losses a bad lacrosse team for a, a couple of years and then it turned into a very good lacrosse team that's a culturally difficult thing for players and coaches to, to not have things go sideways and I think for coach um, he, he handled that really well at a time when you could have just as easily imagined that lacrosse could have just been a thing that we tried for a couple of years. It didn't work out and, and it Absolutely. went away. Um, so uh, th- that's a long way of saying without getting into details that, um, <laughs> you know, I-, I did things that, you know, uh, that, that uh, coach allowed me to learn from. And at times I was treated as a sophomore, like a senior, but at times I was allowed to make some mistakes. But, uh, you know, to your point, I, I, it's, it's interesting you bring that up about, you know, it could have gone the other way. Um, I came over to Gibbons with, I didn't know expectations. Um, I just, you know, I, I followed a friend of mine and, you know, came in uh, following a friend, Rick Kirshner. And, you know, the real difference to Gibbons lacrosse taking off wasn't just Adam. It was, you know, a bunch of other kids in his class and, you know, you know, a few guys in the class ahead of him. You know, my first year coaching, we really didn't have a single senior on the team. And then, you know, the next year it got better. But without Adam's leadership and, you know, a couple of his other, you know, really good buddies that are still his buddies today, uh, you know, we'll, John we'll Binet. We'll dinner tonight. Yeah. And, you know, John Binet and Daryl Fothergill. With, without him yeah. and those guys really deciding that this is what they really wanted and they wanted, you know, the team to be successful. Um, 
you know, without those guys, no matter what I did wasn't going to work. And, I, you know, I had the right, the right grouping come in at the right time when they were young and bought in and, and some guys didn't all buy in and they kind of, you know, went, went to the wayside a little bit. But, you know, these guys stuck the course and, you know, kind of followed our, I, I'd say our, our combined vision of what we were looking for. Like we want to be, uh, you know, a successful team, but, you know, good people and doing the right things. And I knew that over the long haul in the programs that I played in, that played a huge part in how it went. It, ju- it wasn't just athletes and it wasn't just the coach. It was that shared vision of going in the same direction. And we had our ups and downs and yeah. you know, bumps and bruises. But, you know, at the end of the day, without his his senior class, we wouldn't be, you know, Gibbons Lacrosse wouldn't be what it is. Without Adam and Daryl and John and a bunch of other guys that really changed that that mindset of how, you know, practice was gonna be and what the expectation was and what they wanted, we would have never gotten to where, you know, the success that the, that the program's seen over the years, whether I was coaching or not. Great. So as we kind of draw this to a close this afternoon and get ready for our pep rally, um, Adam, what, what advice do you have for current lacrosse players, other student yeah. athletes? So, I, I, you know, I think that uh, you know, I had a chance when I was at Duke to uh, interview people for the, uh, the Robertson Scholarship at Duke in Carolina. And I was, you know, now in grad school and I was a, a few years removed from having applied to undergrad. And I was blown away by how kind of sculpted um, the resumes were for these people who had just, you know, were in their junior year of high school. And I would say to people that um, the experiences are truly about, you know, the, the, I think if you, if you go through high school and you don't learn a lot about resilience, then you've missed a really good opportunity. And I think that I hope Gibbons wins every state championship this year, but candidly, I kind of hope there's some teams that win three games and I I hope those kids stay on that team. And I hope they figure out a way to go up the mountain because there's a challenge now for for this Gibbons lacrosse team to stay on the top of the mountain, and that's hard. You know, that's hard work. But there are other teams here that need to climb the mountain, and that is is meaningful. And when people, you know, point to things like, um, you know, Ranger School for me, where you know I had to start that over again and then do it, and and the, the you know the easy narrative there is that you know that allowed me to be resilient. Like that that's. I was able to do that because that's just how I had learned to, to deal with things. There wasn't, you know, a um, that the the default was not to say, well, that's hard, and so you know maybe I won't do it. And to build that kind of default mechanism, I think is incredibly powerful. So I think that when things are hard and you're not the best person on the team or the team is not the best at, at that sport, um, understand and 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 accept that challenge of of, of making that team better. And I think if you if you quit a sport because you're not the best person on the team or the team's not doing well, um, you, you may do a disservice to yourself in, in preparing yourself for what is a, uh, a tough real world outside of Gibbons and outside of college. Well, I couldn't. Um, that's a great way to close. Uh, the theme of this podcast series is is winning by helping others win first, and I think that ties very much into that message. So, I am so grateful to you, Adam, to you, Mike, for joining us on this special Hall of Fame edition of the Gibbons Game Day podcast. Uh, thanks again. I think we go check out that pep rally. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Catholic Schools Week yeah. off with a with a flourish. Thanks so All much, Tom. Awesome.